Welcome to Marketing Talks, a podcast that unpacks the careers of marketing leaders by providing insight on how they are growing the brands and organizations they are a part of. Learn practical tips and strategies on how you can grow within marketing while avoiding mistakes along the way. Hey everybody, my name is Jonathan Kaur and in today's Marketing Talk, I'm going to be talking to the founder of Story On Media and Marketing based out of Colorado. My guest today, Seth Silvers, has had the opportunity to build story-focused marketing and content campaigns for small businesses and Fortune 500 companies. Thanks for hopping on this call, Seth. Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited about this. Awesome. Well, let's just kick this off right away. And, you know, right now, a lot of people are being affected, you know, by this global pandemic, which is very unfortunate. You know, we were talking before this, before hitting record on this. And, you know, a lot of really good marketers uh, have been furloughed, not because they lack the skills and all sorts of stuff. So I'm curious from your perspective, both personally and professionally, how has it affected you much mm-hmm. in, in your business? And, and, and if so, how are you adapting? Yeah, that's a good question. And yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a wild few months for everybody. Um, and there's some industries that are doing really well and there's some that are doing really poorly. And it just it seems like it's just nothing's the same for anybody that it was six months ago. For us, um, you know, late Feb, I guess early March, like we right away lost several clients, um, several of our probably more sizable ones. Um, one of them was, you know, we were doing marketing for an event this summer. Obviously that didn't work out. Um, the other one, like, you know, every month we were doing video shoots with people and when humans can't get together, that makes that challenging and stuff. So right away there was definitely an income hit and it was kind of like, you know what, we have a couple, couple other things that are going okay. Um, but then we also like have seen overall, we've seen a ton of growth. And I think part of that has been because, the timing we've been working on over the last couple months, really actually probably the last like year and a half, more of an online program designed for businesses that can't hire out an agency um, and really teaching small businesses or entrepreneurs or marketers within businesses. um, How do you tell your stories well? How do you create story-driven marketing campaigns? Pretty much how do you build a content strategy that works? And so we've been building out our online program to satisfy that need and teach people that. And we were actually planning on launching it right around when COVID hit. Um, and so we pretty pretty quickly had people that like jumped into that program because they were realizing like, man, now is the time to start doing online content. And I would, you know, there's been so much heartache and so much challenge from this pandemic that I would certainly not want to like overshadow any of the negative. But as a marketer for the rest of my career, I'll be looking back at this season right now as the, I won't say best, um, but the most prime example of why a business needs an online audience and why they need online revenue streams. So for any business out there that's been like waiting to get their online marketing together or waiting to start creating content, um, I mean, even you were talking about before you started recording this show, I like, you've been wanting to podcast, but now you're like, okay, now is the time. So as a result, I think being in the online marketing space and in the content space, a lot of businesses right now are like, okay, we got to get it together. And so we've gotten more, more people into our online program. And then we also had a few, a handful of like pretty large clients that came and they were like, man, we need something like we need somebody to start creating our content fast and we need you to like handle it all. So we actually, we've been 
I mean, I've been very thankful. Like our team has grown. Um, we've been like hiring every month since March. Um, and I think part of the reason is because for the last five years, I've kind of been beating the same drum. Like I've been in it and I've been so like people around me, like they know what we do. And so right now it's been like some of those people have just came to the top and it's been the right time. Wow. That's, that's really encouraging to hear. I mean, it's especially in the middle of, you know, we're, we're still going through this pandemic, you know, there's still no specific and in, end in mind yet as far as, you know, when that'll be. So that's really, I'm glad you're able to share that. I'm curious from a, a business perspective, what, what do you feel like was that, uh, like some of the, like if you were to break it down, like what are some of those pain points that you feel like, or those levers that you had to, that, that finally were pushed in order for people to take action, whether it's through the, the online resources that you're uh, providing or even your agency services? Yeah. So, um, I mean, first off, I'll just say, and this is kind of going back to the last question a little bit, I just think it's hugely important to like, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, because like, I'll be honest, there were times in late February, early March where I was like, maybe this isn't like, maybe we just need to take a break. Like, you know, maybe I need to go in house as a marketer somewhere and we just need to like hit pause on the business until this all settles. Um, and so going from that place to then that afternoon, getting a call and signing our largest client that we've ever signed. Um, I could have never, ever predicted that. And that's not just to like pat ourselves on the back. It's to show that you never know what's around the corner ever. Um, and if you know, you're going to be doing marketing for a long time, then just stick with it and do everything you can to stick through and survive times like this because the value of just being around for a long time is super, super huge. So I think that's one thing that helped us. I think some of the pain points that are coming out and people is realizing like, you know, for some of your main street America businesses, they don't have like their interaction is with people that walk through their door every day. So all of a sudden when like their doors are shut and businesses around them are, you know, selling online or selling on Facebook or selling on Craigslist or whatever, or selling to their email list. They're like, well, shoot, we don't have an email list. So I think one of the big pain points that's been, that's brought that this whole situation has brought to the surface is businesses realizing I don't have a list. Like I don't have a community that I can go to on my terms. Cause all, all of this has been about, um, you know, it's really in a way it's not that different from a Google algorithm change or a change in the Facebook algorithm where all of a sudden you have, you know, you have this attention, you have this stream of traffic, this stream of people that, uh, you know, the, somebody changes a rule somewhere or something out of your control happens and all of a sudden you can't reach those people. And so, I mean, it's happened historically where there's huge algorithm changes and where businesses that are doing tons of revenue and getting tons of traffic on Google, all of a sudden they're not because Google changed their mind about who should be at the top. And in one way, this is similar. It's way worse because it has, you know, it's had real life impact on people's health. Um, But it's the same in a sense of something out of your control kept you from your audience. Um, And that's what happened to a lot of businesses. And they realized, well, man, we don't have an online audience. We don't have an engaged list. We don't have something consistent that we can touch base with. So I think that's the primary pain point that this has brought out in businesses is realizing like, I need a way to communicate with my audience on my terms so that whether Google changes their algorithm, whether another pandemic happens, like I can go to my phone and I can text or I can email people 
that trust me and we can we can work things out together and figure out how to survive this. So I think that's the main pain point is just it's out of your control and all of a sudden you have your access to your audience has been cut off. Yeah, that's a really good advice. I, I, I think sometimes like one of the things I've noticed is, you know, when you look at email marketing and this is just my perception based off of different conversations as well, seeing how different marketers think and focus on you hear less about building your list, like less and less. I'm sure when early 2000s, that was a big thing, but it's less being le- talked about less and less, but it's only becoming more and more value valuable, especially when, you know, new platforms like TikTok or all these other ones start coming up. And then all of a sudden what was working, like you said, those shifts within the algorithm change because there's more media buyers, more people paying ads to to specifically market and target a specific audience. I think that's really good advice. So if we were to take a step back, obviously before story on media, which you started about five years ago, Mm -hmm. um, could you quickly give us like a, like a brief recap of, you know, uh, what it was like, you know, outside of, you know, being done with college and then kind of like your career track in a nutshell from there until, you know, getting to story on because you had been marketing specialist, marketing director, media, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe I saw some sales stuff in there. And so I'm just curious, you know, how did yeah. you get to the point for, you know, after college to, uh, yeah, starting story on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it started for me because, um, right out of college actually, and I actually kind of have to rewind because in high school I started in a nonprofit organization Um, and that really, it was, it was really successful. Um, we hit a need in our community that a lot of people had. And so this organization kind of took off that I started when I was just 16. And so from an early age, I saw pretty quickly that like, you can start things and make them work. Like you don't necessarily always have to go through other people's channels. And so I knew it was kind of already in me like, oh, you can just create the solution to the problems you see. And so that was some experience that I had. And so after college, I was actually, um, I had this, you know, these family friends that were philanthropists and they were wanting to start a nonprofit organization. So, um, they actually hired me to start to kind of like help lead this organization for them. And then we ended up merging with another organization of my friends because I realized like, you know what? Uh, I know someone else who's doing this really similarly like this. They're, they're working towards the same mission in the nonprofit space. So we had a conversation and initially decided, let's bring, we're accomplishing the same thing. Let's bring our teams together. Let's bring our boards together. Let's bring our financial resources together. And like, let's accomplish more together rather than us both going the same direction. And so we did that and I became the marketing director for um, this organization. And so that I did that for a couple of years out of college. And during that time, I was just an avid student of marketing and of storytelling. And I was just learning everything I could. In college, I studied communications and I studied business. But towards the end of college, I was watching the Super Bowl and had this experience where I just felt like I was I was just really frustrated because I was excited for the ads. And I felt like they just they were all so shallow. They were all so weak. They weren't connecting with me on an emotional basis. Um, and so I kind of wondered when I was watching the Super Bowl, I asked myself, like, what would happen if these brands started telling stories? of like how they were impacting people's lives, whether it was their employees or communities or through their products, whatever it might be. And so for a couple of years, I just, I kind of just spent all my spare time studying, um, you know, what would happen if brands started to tell stories. And so I started to find a lot of research that was 
um, showing that, you know, consumers want to know stories. They want to believe in the brand that they support. They want there to be a cause in the brand they support. They're willing to switch brands and pay more money for brands that they believe in. And so when I started to see that research, um, I had kind of had some business models that I had been like thinking through in my head as I was the marketing director for this nonprofit organization. And once I saw that research, it was very much like, you know what, I, there's so much I don't know about this, but I know that if I wait any longer, I'm going to regret it. And so I'm going to start now and start trying to figure this out. And honestly, the last five years has been tons of ups and tons of downs of just figuring out how to service small businesses in marketing with stories. I know that that's the goal of what we do, but figuring out the best way for small businesses for us to service them, figuring out the the best business model and the most profitable way. Um, I've done tons of unprofitable things um, in the last five years trying to figure it out and I've learned a ton. And so that's really kind of been the journey. I was marketing director for a couple of years. Um, and then, and there's been kind of some side projects uh, over the last few years. Like I took a contract with an agency out of Dallas and was doing some media, some media buying and media sales, which was really interesting to kind of get a lens into the like, into the more traditional TV world um, and stuff. So th there's been a variety of experiences. All of them have been around how do we market with stories, though. That's been the consistent thread. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's uh, really interesting that it started, you know, as early as you know, 16. Because you know, like for, like I was sharing with you before, like back then I was doing more music, and so it's just interesting seeing that you know that spark and that interest in marketing and growing something and uh, and progressively going into still telling stories has evolved. And so I'm curious now, um, with starting your own company, you had mentioned you had learned a lot of, you've had a lot of ups and downs. I'm curious from a wisdom standpoint, uh, for anybody, you know, who's looking to either start or is starting, you know, their own thing, their own agency working with businesses. Um, what are some of those like tips or, or advice you would give to those people? Like, I guess some of those roads that you went down that you're like, yeah, I wish somebody told me, Hey, don't go down that road. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing, and, and these are just some like fresh lessons that are kind of coming right now because we're growing, um, like we're running into some growing pains. Uh, and I think a lot of people think like once you get new clients and once you start growing that everything is going to work out. And I think that growth very much exposes you. Um, and so like if you have issues, you growing is going to make those issues bigger. Like there's going to be more on the line for those issues. If you're running really healthy and you're running really smooth, then that's going to be, you know, that's going to happen even more so with growth. So right now, one thing that I'm realizing that I wish I would have done more of is just the processes. Like I was just telling my wife when we were in the car driving while I'm sitting there on my laptop working and getting, um, writing down like processes because we have a new team member coming starting tomorrow. And I realized there's a ton in my head. Like I could tell you like everything that we've done for all of our clients and when things are like, I could tell you all of this stuff. And over the last year and a half, I've been trying to get that, get my head and my workflow into processes. Um, because if I don't do that, then the only way I can grow is by hiring more people that work exactly like me which is not possible um, and stuff. So I think that the separation between are people hiring Seth Silvers or are they hiring story on? 
I'd say for the first three and a half years, it was mostly they're hiring Seth Silvers. And so everything is super customized. Um, everything is like, okay, how can I as an individual help you as a company, as opposed to having a process and having a blueprint and saying, hey, when you hire Story on, here's, the, here's what you're going to get. Here's the process of how we deliver that to you. Um, and that's really been, that's been a huge game changer over the last year and a half is just building out those processes. And now that we're growing, um, there's still some areas where that's like missing, but there's also a lot of areas where that our work into processes has been really, really helpful, um, and stuff. So I think, I think early on you need to decide, do you want to be, um, like a really successful freelancer or do you want to build a business? If you want to be a successful freelancer, processes are still going to be helpful, but you just have to realize this is different. Like you're pretty much going to, that pretty much means you're going to be doing really customized, eventually high per high dollar per hour work. Um, if you're wanting to grow a business, it's got to get out of Jonathan's head. Like you have to actually have blueprints and processes and results that you can repeatedly create for businesses. So I think that's been a big one is just, um, getting out of my own head and putting the work that we do into like systematic processes so that we actually can grow. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm glad you say that. Cause I'm actually little by little chipping away at little processes that I could, you know, take care, you know, eventually either have some sort of VA take care of, or maybe, you mm-hmm. know, a, a team member take on, you know, once you start totally. growing and, 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 and I like the paradigm between like a freelancer, which isn't a bad thing or a business, like it's, it's ultimately up to you how you want to lead in. And either one is either one is great, but I think that there's a lot of creatives and a lot of marketers that are operating like freelancers that are wanting to build businesses. And, um, there's a lot of businesses that are really stuck. Like they can't grow past a few people or, you know, that maybe they can't get past hundred K in revenue in a year. Um, and it's because they're operating like a freelancer. And so both are great options. It just depends on what you want. And so I think finding clarity on what you want for me, like I've always known, like I want to build a business. Like I want to have a small but powerful team and a handful of years from now, like I don't see myself having 300 employees. I see myself having like 10 or 15 employees and they love their job and they can't imagine working anywhere else. And our clients are super, super happy. So it really just depends on what you want. So kind of like unwrapping that a little bit, why did you decide to finally start your own company? You know, having had collaborated and worked for different companies, contract work, stuff like that. Why, what was the, you know, ticking point or tipping point for you to finally start your own company? Yeah. So, um, the tipping point was when I started to see that there was this gap and that gap was illuminated by research. So the research that I was finding was showing, like I mentioned before, that people were buying based off of stories. But as I looked at the market, brands were not marketing based off of stories. So, you know, if 96% of people would rather pick one brand over another based on a story, um, which there's data to support that, and only 10% of businesses are marketing any kind of cause or story-based campaign, then that means that there's a huge gap market. So I saw that gap and kind of started players out, um, kind of started sharing my vision and what my plan was. Our business, our original business model was totally different than it is now. Um, not just because I didn't know what I was doing. 
Um, but I shared, I shared what I wanted to do with some people and some people were like, man, that's awesome. And then I actually, I went to this pitch night where in Denver, like one of my friends is like, Hey, you guys should, you know, you, me and my former business partner who started the company with me. And then after about two years, I bought him out. Um, cause it wasn't the right fit, but somebody kind of said like, Hey, you guys are thinking about starting this business. Why don't you come to this pitch night where people are like pitching their dreams They're like pitching things that they just big dreams they have. And, and it was kind of this interesting format of presentation. And so we, we went there and we pitched and people were just like amazed. They were so fired up and everybody in the room was just like, you guys have to do this. You have to figure it out. So it was kind of a combination of like beginning to let some of my ideas out and letting some other people into those ideas and then seeing that people were actually like, man, you should do this. Like you're going to be a good at this, but also like there's a need for this. And so I think that was really the tipping point. Um, and you know, I, I'm like a man of faith. And so I put prayer into it and, um, did not get a super clear answer. <laughs> um, honestly felt like it was one of the situations where you have a couple good options in front of you. And I think sometimes the Lord trusts us with our own decisions. And so, um, but when I looked in the mirror and saw it, it was like, you know what, now starting now is going to be better than starting in a year. Um, like the only difference is in a year, more people are going to be doing this or and in three years, more people are going to be doing it. So like, I need to start this now. Yeah. The, uh, the first movers advantage, you know, like, uh, yeah. No, notion. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really yeah, good. And, and there's, there's a lot more people talking about storytelling and in context of marketing now than there were when, when I started, there really wasn't that many people talking about this then. And now it's, now it's a lot more common, which is great. Like that means, that means there's a market for it. So who, who are some of the, you know, whether they are marketers or just like people who happen to tell stories really well, who are, who are some of those people you read, learn or research, look up on? I know Seth Godin is a big, you know, person on, mm -hmm. uh, you know, storytelling. I'm curious, do you have anybody that you reference or get inspiration? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Seth Godin's an obvious one. Um, if you like marketing and haven't read any of his stuff, then you should get a career, think about changing careers or something. But, um, and he's, he's important because I think that he is the best voice on authentic marketing and what marketing should be. And even some of his early books, like in the early nineties, like before, um, before the internet was really a thing, he's still talking like his flagship book, permission marketing, um, which is like all about, um, you know, really authentic marketing. Like that was, that was published in 1997, really a year before internet became mainstream. So he's really a source that I always go to for inspiration um, because he's all about authentic marketing and not manipulating people. Um, the Heath brothers, Chip and Dan Heath, they have a book called Made to Stick that I think is brilliant as far as actually understanding how do you get one piece of content to stick and another, um, you know, to not you know, to just fall away and not be remembered and stuff. So, I mean, there are a few um, that I am consistently going to. Also, there's a lady named Nancy Duarte. Duarte, I don't know how to say her last name, but um, she has a TED Talk that she gave maybe 10 years ago on how to, how to create like the best presentations. And she analyzes Steve Jobs' 2007 iPhone speech. She analyzes MLK's I Have a Dream speech. And, um, and one other in there and she 
breaks down how they interwove story into it. And she breaks down the story structure of it. And that one TED Talk and some of her other resources as well, but really that one TED Talk has influenced looking at every single piece of content and asking yourself, what's the story in here? Even if it's not like a story, like, you know, so-and-so went this and did this, then, um, you know, even if it's not like a traditional story, every piece of content should have some kind of story arc to it. And so that was really influential for me. Um, right after I started my business, the book Story Brand came out and I was familiar with Donald Miller's book for a long time. Or Donald Miller, I was familiar with him far before he wrote that book. And so, I mean, they've done, although the work him and I do is very different, um, he's been an amazing resource for the business community in, in a sense of just getting people to start thinking about what's your brand story and stuff. So he's somebody that even though we're filling different pieces of the market, his work has still been really, really valuable. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of great things about Donald Miller. I'm still yet to read his book, but I've heard a lot more people reference his, his framework, his model. And, and uh, I'm curious, could, do you mind sharing just more of a high level view of what, you know, story ons framework or like approaches to telling stories, just, just a high level view of how you guys do it. Yeah, totally. So, um, kind of over the last four or five years, we've developed what I call the success with stories blueprint. And this is initially a blueprint that I see. I've seen work with businesses. Um, you know, some people have implemented all of it. Some people have imp implemented pieces of it, but there's, there's some key principles that I think should be a part of every business's online marketing strategy. One of those, you know, key principles is your brand story. Um, another one is showing behind the scenes content, which I think right now looks like live video, but somehow showing like behind the polished vision of the brand, like showing your personality. Um, another one of those principles for us is educating and inspiring your audience weekly or cons really consistently. And so, you know, that looks like podcasts or YouTube videos or whatnot. Like there's tons of information in business owners' heads that they wish that their audience knew. Um, and, you know, there's some that get more, some principles get more into the weeds of advertising and retargeting and different, and, you know, having good offers and different things like that. And I don't want to get into the details of all of that blueprint, but initially what we've, what we believe in is quality and consistency. Um, I think that every business should be telling stories and marketing with stories on a consistent basis at the level of quality that they can. Doesn't mean you need to go out and spend $40,000 on a red camera and $100,000 on a studio. Like if you have your phone, then start. Like start podcasting now if you want to podcast, start making YouTube videos now if you want to do that. Like there's more tools than ever for people just to start. And so really our framework um, and this is kind of how we separate and differentiate a little bit from StoryBrand. Our framework doesn't just focus on telling your story as a brand well, but how can you integrate your customer stories? How can you integrate your values into the consistent week-by-week -week marketing content that you're doing? Because I've, I, just like two months ago, I had a client sign up, start working with me, and I asked them how they found out about me. And they said that they saw a video that I put out there maybe like a year and a half ago. It was like one of my first videos once we really started implementing this blueprint. I don't know, probably got like 100 views, like nothing fancy, didn't go viral. That person wasn't commenting on my post saying, hey, 
I'm interested in working with you in the future. They didn't comment and say, oh my gosh, this is great. I didn't even know they were watching. But that consistency, that person was there and they saw, they were looking at us from a distance um, and they saw that we were consistent in creating content um, about our mission and about how we wanted to help people. And a year and a half later, they were ready to go. And so the blueprint that we help businesses implement is really all around creating consistent quality content that's not exhausting for the business owner. Like there's a lot of business owners out there that do not have that much time. They don't have 20 hours a week to be marketing. Um, And so we have an online program that teaches, okay, if you're going to be doing this yourself, if it's going to be you and your phone or maybe you and like, you know, maybe you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars on some gear then what do you do? And we teach them the exact blueprint. Here's how to decide what content you should be producing. Here's how to know how long you should be producing. Here's how often you should be producing. Here's how to repurpose that content so that you create one piece of content and turn that into 10. So we teach people how to do that. And then from there, um, there's clients that say, that's awesome. We just want you to do it for us. And that's where our agency side comes in um, is when there's clients where you know, we're producing their weekly podcast, one we're producing a daily podcast for, or we're producing weekly YouTube series, or, you know, going in and filming video customer testimonials every, um, and capturing those stories and turning those into advertising campaigns. So that's kind of like our model is we have this online program that's a really involved coaching program that we're actually teaching businesses how to do it um, on their own. And then there's also the agency side where, um, we're taking a little more responsibility in the content creation and impl- implementation of that, that blueprint. That's, that's real. I, I really like that business model a lot. That's actually, <laughs> as you're explaining it, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm being sold. I'm like, wow. Like that's the, <laughs> like your, your, your funnel is, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's well thought through. So I'm curious, it's, it's kind of a two part question. You, you mentioned obviously content creation is a big part of what you do. Um, you, you currently have your own podcast. You mentioned you have mm-hmm. your own YouTube channel, you have social media accounts, you, you have a blog. I'm curious from your perspective, which method or outlet has been most rewarding to you? I know that sometimes depending, like you, you, I'm sure like I prefer LinkedIn. That's like my main uh, means to, to do marketing and, and put content out there. I'm curious mm-hmm. what method of all the ones that you do is the most rewarding to you and kind of, it, you know, it, it's a second part of the question to what you just mentioned, how you got a customer from, you know, one of the videos you made is which outlet or means has produced the most results for your business. Right. Yeah. That's a great question. And I, I totally agree with, I, I, I love where you're going with this because I think that one of the most important things in content is enjoying it. And so, um, you know, Gary, Gary V and his stuff is awesome. I pay attention to everything he's doing. Um, and I usually tell people I a hundred percent agree with 80% of what he says. Um, (laughs) and like a lot of his models have been really, really great. And one thing, um, one thing that he like nails is initially every piece of content, it's either going to be written form, it's going to be audio, or it's going to be video. Like in today's culture, every piece of marketing content is going to be one of those things. Um, and so with our clients, we encourage them start where start with whichever format energizes you the most. So like if you love the idea of podcasting or maybe you're a little camera shy, um, then like podcast, like get going on podcasting. 
Um, if you like love videos and you love figuring out how to make them engaging and all that stuff, then start there. Um, if you don't know where to start and you just need to start with like a weekly like blog or email and optimizing more of the written form side, then that's great. And so that's kind of where we advise our clients. For me, um, podcasting really is super energizing for me. Um, you know, I could interview people all day on a podcast and feel awesome about it. Video, I really have to force myself into, um, and stuff. And so for me, uh, I love podcasting or I guess that's been the most energizing for me. Um, I would also say as far as like what's been the most, uh, you know, profitable or productive for our business. Um, I would also say it's, it's probably podcasting. And I think there's a few reasons for that. Um, and I'll just say like none of our, like I've never had a viral video. I had, I had one, I don't know. I had one like blog post, you know, four years ago that got like 2000, you know, like 2000 reads or something. And I, I'm not sure why, but other than that, like I've never really had anything go viral or be huge. Like we don't have huge numbers, but our numbers are focused. Like the people that are following our content are the right people. And so, um, with that, the podcast has been the most profitable and brought us the most clients. It took probably like nine months and really like my focus on the podcast was not to make money right away. It was very much like, you know, this is going to be something that if, if this brings people to us in the long run, then that's great. Um, and part of the reason that I think that was the most profitable is because, um, Jonathan, I'm sure that, you know, probably at least 10 people that could make a video for you right now. And you probably know very few people that could make a podcast for you um, and do it well. And so I think just as far as supply and demand goes, there's just way less, like not as many people know people that can do podcasting really well. So for us to start, and we've really just realized that in the last like six months um, to where like people have been like, great, can you produce my podcast? Awesome. Can you produce mine? Like, awesome. Like we need a strategy for our podcast. And so I think it's just been a timing thing for us in a sense of kind of beginning, kind of pivoting a little bit, not a ton, but realizing for right now, we're going to focus a lot more on podcasting because there's much more of a demand and there's less supply out there. There's not as many people that are producing podcasts and stuff. So that's been kind of a, um, a unique thing for us. And, and I'm sure that my energy towards podcasting has probably came through in it. And so the people that have listened to our podcasts have, wanted to jump on board and wanted us to do it for them. Yeah, that's uh, it's really good insight. I, I think I heard, I, I don't know if you know all the metrics specifically for podcasting, but I was listening to a marketing podcast the other day and they were saying there's about, you know, under a million or under 900,000 podcasts yeah. total, as opposed to like, there's over a billion, I don't know how several billions of blogs out there. Yeah. And so <laughs> when people decide to start a blog, if you want to do it, just, you know, like keep in mind that you're, you're going against billions of you know right. other other blogs as well. Yeah. So, and I, it's, I, and interesting. it's interesting too if I can add this in that, um, like when somebody watches a YouTube video, they like that view is going to be tracked after like ten seconds, and you know maybe you'll get lucky and they'll watch for three minutes, or maybe they'll watch for ten minutes or something. But the reality is, sorry, we got our blue jays. Uh, chirping at our cat. <laughs> um, but the reality, like when people listen to a podcast, the majority of podcast listeners are listening to over 70% of the podcast. And so like a lot of people that are going to be listening to this, you know, some will fade away after five minutes, but 
for people to spend 30 minutes or 40 minutes or 20 minutes listening to a conversation like that builds a level of trust that is really unparalleled. And so like, you know, thinking about doing that to a hundred people or a hundred listeners, like that's huge. So I think that's why the podcast has also been really profitable is because the people that listen to your podcast regularly, they feel like they know you. Um, and you don't necessarily get that when people just see a Facebook post. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you're mentioning too about, you know, people reaching out like through your podcast, you know, once I started p- posting content on LinkedIn and, and being active with this, I've, I've had a few people say, Hey, um, you know, what's your gear set up, you know, asking me and I'm answering all these questions. And then it ultimately leads to like, if I were to pay you, would you be able, you know, would you want to do this? And I'm like, uh, you know, let's hop on a call and see what I, what I can do to help. But it's interesting because the people that take action ultimately and are putting content out there have a better chance of, like you said, build, building relationship with people who you may have not even thought you would do business with, but eventually are, you know, are interested in having the same result that you're producing for yourself. Um, for your business. So, so now segueing more into the last, you know, few questions within this talk, which has been super insightful. Um, you know, you're a business owner and you're building your own team. And if we're to set the pandemic aside, you know, people being furloughed because, you know, because, uh, you know, the bottom line is, or cash flow is being, you know, hurt and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm curious what skills or characteristics do you believe make a marketer essential within a company? you know, what, what, what types of, uh, people do you look to work with, you know, and, and keep on for as long as you can based off of, you know, what type of marketer and even what type of person they are? Yeah. Yes. I think first off is just going to be like a desire to desire and willingness to learn. And I think that's kind of brought into like just how fast changing and ever changing the marketing world is. I've often said that I'm not emotionally attached to I'm not emotionally attached to any platform. Like I don't really care that much about Facebook or YouTube or anything. Like I think different platforms have different advantages over others. But what I am attached to is storytelling. And I think that like there's principles behind marketing that are not going to go, like they're not going anywhere. Um, But the ways that those principles are implemented are going to change all the time. And so I think as a marketer, you have to kind of always be looking for those things um, or be willing to learn them. You know, I don't think that necessarily means everybody should be spending, you know, half of their days on TikTok or whatever platform is booming right now. But I think that having that mentality of this is going to look, this could look drastically different in a year. And like the way that we serve that, the way that we get this client results six months down the road or 12 months down the road could be very different than it is now. And so I think just the 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 willingness to learn and the willingness to adapt, I think is super huge. Um, and, and I do think that there's, there's gotta be a cause or like a purpose behind, um, behind my workers and behind my team and stuff. Like, because if we're looking at our, if we're looking at our clients content or we're teaching clients how to look at their own content, um, I'm not just concerned with what makes money. Um, on the front end, like I'm concerned with what's going to build a relationship with your audience, like what's going to get them connected to you over value. And so I think looking at everything that we do and looking at everything that our clients do through like, okay, why does this really matter? I think that question being asked often is really important because otherwise we'll just get into the rhythm of just, you know, just creating templated content over and over and over again. And then like losing, losing, a, you know, 
view of what we're really doing, which is not what every other marketing company is doing. Like my goal is not just to make my clients money as fast as possible. Um, our goal is really to work with people that have a purpose and like that have a vision behind their business um, to make an impact long-term. And so my, my team members, like they got to have that vision long-term as well. That's, that's really good advice. So now as we segue to the last question before we hit the rapid fire questions, um, if you had a chance to sit down with 16-year-old Seth, you know, who's who's about to venture off into this um, nonprofit and, and eventually grow and develop within, you know, your career, what advice would you tell Seth then that, uh, based off of everything you learned and experienced at this point? Hmm. I would say... Um, to not, it's kind of funny, but to not keep secrets. Um, so I would give myself personal advice to let people into the more like vulnerable challenges that I was working through and that I've worked through personally. Um, because like the personal turmoil or the personal like challenges or setbacks or addictions or whatever you might be going through that affects your business life hugely like that affects your professional life and so I'd probably give myself some personal advice and tell myself to um, not hold it all into myself and to like really invite some other invite some people into some of those like vulnerable parts of my life yeah that's that's really good advice personally but I think even business too because like you mentioned or alluded to earlier, there's ups and downs. And so I think I'm sure it's good to have a community, whether it's of business owners or coaches, you know, other means to get around people and just say, Hey, uh, things aren't going as great as I thought they would. I would love to just talk it through and see how you're doing or, you know, just being able to share. I think that's totally. highly valuable information and, and feedback and advice. So now we'll transition into the last, you know, the, the four rapid fire questions. And the first one, um, is more practical. And, and, and the first question is what is your favorite, uh, uh, your favorite marketing tool or software that you're currently using for your company? Um, it's getting windy is, can you hear all that wind? I can, it's not, it's not super bad though. Okay. I'll give it a little windscreen. <laughs> um, I think just from a super practical perspective, uh, I probably use Canva like multiple times a day. Um, it doesn't solve every design need, but I think there's just times where you just need something super quick. And uh, I think Canva has been super great for that. So that's probably the tool that I use the most frequently. Canva's great. So what is your uh, favorite online marketing course that you've taken up to this point? Uh, yeah. So I have not taken a ton of courses. Um, I did just recently join um, a program called the Authority Accelerator, which is by Sunny Leonarduzzi. Um, and she's really prominent in the YouTube space. And uh, she's awesome. But her course like transforms your business like before you even start transforming your YouTube. So uh, that's been a really, really awesome program to be a part of. Great. I'll for sure add that in the, in the description and add all that information there. Uh, what's your favorite uh, business or marketing book that you've read up to this point? It's hard to say favorite. Um, I read a lot. Um, but I think most essential is probably permission marketing. Like I mentioned, one of Seth Godin's first books. Um, I'll, I'll also say his most recent book, this is marketing. Um, 
has been real. Like that's been one that I've probably just like picked up and read a few pages of probably 15 times in the last year um, and stuff. So I think um, both of those probably. So I, I have a prediction on who, you know, what your answer is going to be to this last question, which is, you know, who's your favorite marketer, either someone, you know, personally, or someone you've admired from afar. My guess is Seth Godin, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you answer. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know if I can say he's my favorite marketer. Cause I honestly, I haven't really seen a ton of what he's marketed. I mean, other than, I guess he's marketed his own books and stuff, but, um, Man, that is a good one. Uh, I think that I've had a lot of respect for Blake Mikowski and how he's built Tom's shoes. He hasn't been as prominent in the company over the last few years. School and college and Tom's was really experiencing their growth, seeing how he positioned their story and how he positioned their products and how he integrated those two things together was was really influential for me. So I, he would definitely be up on that list for me. I mean, they started their company by releasing like a documentary and stuff. So um, he, they've done a lot of innovative stuff that's been really great. Yeah, for sure. A super, yeah, super memorable and and recognizable brand for sure. So if people are interested in learning more about you and your business, uh, you know, what platforms or how can they connect with you? Yeah, so first off, um, you know, connect with me on pretty much any social platform. Um, you can you can find me at and just search Seth Silvers. Luckily, there's not too many of me. Um, and then to just find out more about what we're doing, head over to our website, which is successwithstories.com. Um, and yeah, if, if you guys have any questions about the work that we're doing or would want to follow up, then um, reach out to us. We'd love to talk with you. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for this opportunity, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your, you know, your knowledge, your experience, your, and as well, some of the resources and even some insight into what you're doing within your business. So also thank you as well for, for being willing to share that today. Yeah, absolutely. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show to receive more content like today's episode.